Back in Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. So now I'm obsessed with time. Come on, tell me about the time. Had it all in my hand tonight. Had the time of my life when the words all come Welcome to episode 104 of American Timelines. I'm Amy. Ha! <laughs> What kind of a name is Amy? And this is a podcast to bring you all of these crazy, nostalgic, interesting things, and we can forget about the moment and just live in a past. And we can really look at it and say it always was fucked up. There was always stuff that was fucked up. It's just the same. It is it as it is now. And I'm Mark Greenblatt. <laughs> You were waiting for that? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> cool. Yeah, this is a this is a podcast about history and murders and pop culture and television weird shit. Yeah. And now we're in the middle of this pandemic as you know cuz you're listening. Maybe you're listening to this years later. Mm-hmm. And the human race has been wiped out and you're an alien that's discovering this and you this is helping you learn. So maybe good luck in learning history from us. Yep. Or maybe you're just a person who is listening to podcasts to escape the reality of what's happening. And so we'll save you from listening to more stuff about what's happening. We're not going to fear monger, uh, though we are scared shitless. We both are sitting in a pants full of poop. Yeah, that's right. Because we're scared. Uh, but we're going to pretend we're not. We're going to just keep doing what we do. Because normalcy Bringing it will to help you. you. Bringing it to you. Listen to our podcast. Binge it. You got nothing else to do. You can't leave the house a lot and of you. And we know it. And here's the thing. We yeah. know it. We know. So when you say you've never listened. Yeah. You, oh, sorry. I don't have time. Yeah, yes, you, you have time. You can't say that There's anymore. There's nothing else you can do. So pretty much everybody we know is on our shit list now. Not a shit list, but pretty soon Netflix will be gone. Then what are you going to do? Why? Wait a minute. Why is Netflix Will that go gone? away? Like the internet will go Next. Let's hope not. That would be, then it would be, talk about mass hysteria. That's the thing. We were talking about the other day, just like, wow, this is a terrible thing. This pandemic sucks. It sucks to be home. But can you imagine if the internet wasn't a thing? What did they do in 1918? They just had to sit there with each other. Well, yeah. And you mean during the Spanish flu? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They just had to sit. Yeah, you had no internet. They'd have been fine if they had Netflix and Google. Yeah. Anyway, we left off in the last episode in August, like we were somewhere in August, mm-hmm. and we got kind of uh, mixed around, mixed around, sidetracked, whatever it was. Like we were starting August, and I had a couple more stories to go before your murder happened, mm-hmm. and but we were both tired. Yes. And you were like, "Can we just take a fucking break?" And so after the break, we took a break, which ended up being like a day. Nobody because, cares about this. Anyway. What do you... But anyway, we skipped a few dates. Yeah. A few dates. Okay. Before your last month. A murder. few events. So, a few events. So I'm going to b- go back up from August 15th back to August 6th a little bit. I'm going to backtrack. All right. That's it's fine. It's not unheard of. We've done it before. All right. Who Our cares? loyal listeners will forgive us because that's what we do sometimes because we're not... Stop. We're not perfect. All right. Stop the madness. We're just humans. What is it that you want to tell us about from August 6th? Why are you getting annoyed at me? 
because you won't. Is it get because to we've it. been stuck together for eight days now straight? <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah, we're ready. To, we're ready to all kill each other. You, the audience is going to see how murder, spousal They're murder, the happens. divorce rate is up slowly. The, but they'll do is abuse listen to is American up. timelines, and they'll watch American weekly. It'll deteriorate more and by more history and more. for jerks, and then it'll culminate in one of us murdering the other. I'm Amy. Okay, August. <laughs> Let's just periodically just start talking and not listen to each other. That's what you always do to me. <laughs> oh, boom. You do that to me, too. August 6th. You don't even acknowledge me most of the time. I do acknowledge you later. Think about <laughs> it. <laughs> Sometimes when I listen back to the podcast, I'm like, oh, I didn't hear her say that. Then because like, you're oh, so busy good. coming up with one-liners. You know, I bring the comedy. Zingers. They count on me. Our listeners count on me for the comedy. Raise your hand at home right now. If you're listening to this and you're in their car, well, you're probably at home. Raise your hand if you like my jokes. Oh, where's my crickets? Where's my audience uh, sound effects? No, look at all those people raising their hands. See, I I see Lori Vance over there. Brian McCartney's got his hand up. His, no. Sarcastically. Yeah. It's covered. His hand's covered in all right. We're Something. Stop I don't know. it. Okay. Stop it. Stop Mustard. it. Mustard. August 8th, 1967. Sable, mm-hmm. American actress and professional wrestler. Sounds like a porn Was star. born in Jacksonville, Florida. She was like a super hot uh, wrestling okay. valet. All right. Everybody wants to know when she was born. Mm-hmm. And then um, the city of Denver, Colorado on August 9th, 1967 was shaken by the strongest earthquake ever recorded in that state. Although nobody was injured, the 5.5 magnitude tremor was strong enough to shatter windows and be felt within a 120-mile radius. The previous record had been set on April 10th by a 5.0 magnitude quake. Boy, that would suck, wouldn't it? An earthquake? Being an earthquake. Yeah. It would suck almost. Like, you would feel so... I would feel so... Uneasy. Uh, like... Out beyond my control, like the I, I, I already right now have, right have that feeling like, what what in the hell are we living through? Like what are we about to live through here? Yeah, what is this yeah. gonna be, what is this gonna right. end, be in yeah. the history books? There's part of us are like, will there be any more history books? It's like a wave, a big wave yeah. is coming, and and it it is a feeling of impending doom, doom a little. But um, or maybe it's maybe it'll be okay. Maybe it'll just go away and we'll be like, oh boy, remember that, remember that coronavirus thing? I hope it shut down everything for a while. Or it could be, remember life. (laughs) Remember Remember hugging people. Remember going outside. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Anything could happen. Hopefully, I knew we were going to end up talking about it. It's like you know know, the elephant in the room. Yeah, it's hard not to talk about it. I mean, everybody's podcast is talking about it, and 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 the thing, you know, it's 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 crazy. One thing I do have to talk about is this. Have you seen this gal, the Gal Gadot video Uh -uh. with a celebrity? You know who Gal Gadot is? Oh yeah, Wonder Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah. So (laughs) she started a viral video Mm -hmm. with all these other celebrities, Mm -hmm. and they're all singing lines to John Lennon's "Imagine." Oh yeah. Give hope to everybody. Mm But it really kind of backfired. Like as you watch it, it's all these super rich celebrities in their mansions. Like oh, sitting around in their jammies in their mansions. Yeah, they're like 
trapped and they're trying to give hope to the world. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, all we need is you fucking rich people who are going to be fine through all this to give us the hope. You know, look at you and your fancy. Like, it's all like super celebrities. And so it kind of really backfired. Like, everybody on Twitter is just like, yeah. Oh, all we need is you fancy hoity toity fucks to tell us to chill. You know, like, you know, where's the people that are living paycheck to paycheck that are ruined by this? You know, mm-hmm. a bartender over here, you know. Anyway, so it's it's kind of funny that, to me, to watch it again. And then there's all these, here's the other part of it that's funny. There's all these edits of it where people are taking that. Have you seen the viral Arnold Schwarzenegger video? Yeah, the one with the donkeys. With the donkeys and everything. Yeah. He's like, look at him, he's looking at the pool. He's <laughs> looking at the pool right now. Like somebody, like... Edited it so it's like imagine all the people, and then it seemed like he's looking at a pool like my donkey. <laughs> it's like he didn't get the memo of what they were singing. Uh, and then there was a couple other edits where people are—they oh, told me the wrong lyrics, you know. Uh, oh, anyway, man. there's all kinds of things that it's weird. It's like one minute you're laughing, and the next minute you're like, oh, scared no. shitless. And for us having children, it's hard because you have to—you can't show them that you're scared. That's right. You can't show. It's hard. Yeah, that's the hardest part. But back to 1967. But anyway, an better. earthquake, I think, would be would be a similar feeling because yeah. you're so like you're like an, I've never all been of a sudden through you're one. like an ant. Have you ever been through one at all? Like that was significant. N- I've felt one. Yeah, we felt them here and there in Ohio and whatever. But yeah, like the ones in California or or um, we never had it where they caused structural damage like that, though. No, not that I've heard of. Anyway. And then August 11th, 1967, William C. Foster, the chief American representative at the 18-nation nuclear disarmament conference in Geneva, announced at the White House that the U.S. and the USSR had agreed in principle on the conditions of a nuclear non-proliferation treaty. Oh. The drafts would be submitted on August 24th. Okay. How'd that go? I think it. I think there's no nukes anymore, so it's all... Perfect. Mm-hmm. Nobody's got any nukes. Nobody does. And that same day, the cause of action in the landmark 1972 case of Furman versus Georgia began during a burglary in Savannah, Georgia, mm-hmm. when William. Do we talk about this one? William Henry Furman shot Chief Petty Officer William J. Mick Jr. at Mick's home. Furman would contend that the shooting killing was accidental. Found guilty of murder and sentenced to death, Furman, who was black, then appeared, appeal, then appealed the sentence, and based on statistics that the death penalty was applied disproportionately to African Americans convicted of murder, the U.S. Supreme Court would invalidate all death penalty convictions and laws in the U.S. on June 29th, 1972. So they outlawed the death penalty? Yeah, I, I guess... And that same day, Joe Rogan was born, American Stop podcaster, it. comedian, and martial arts commentator. You know who Joe Rogan is? Yeah. And then August 13th, 1967. <laughs> Why did you ask me that and then just move on? <laughs> I didn't know if he knew who he was or not. Okay. You know he's like this the most popular funny. podcaster in the world or something? Yeah. Somehow his podcast is... But it's in, is it even that good? I don't know. I, I honestly can't say that I've really listened to it. Oh, really? I'm surprised you haven't listened to it. I don't know why I haven't. I think I just like... I think I stereotype it in my mind as like a bro podcast because yeah. he's an MMA guy. What's that? What's that? Fighter? The mixed martial arts fighting where they oh, punch each is. other in the balls and stuff. Oh, that's what he is? I don't know if he's a fighter or he's a referee or an announcer or something, mm-hmm. but he's got something to do with that. And I'm always just like. Yeah, that's dumb. 
into that. I don't know, but I guess I think he's like more of a main. He's like a mainstream. Like, what's the big deal about him? He was a comedian, and the other good, the big thing about him that I ever saw was the only other thing I know about him. I don't know. I'm not familiar with his stand-up, but he was known for calling out um, Carlos Mencia. Mm-hmm. No, he is from yeah. Mind of Mencia. Yeah, Carlos Mencia was a stand-up comedian, but in the stand-up comedy world, uh, he, he still jokes. Yeah, he was known as a joke stealer, mm. uh, and I've heard people argue on both sides of the fence. But he, if you're known as that, yeah, I don't know it's kind of maybe it's true, um, but I've heard people that love him, Carlos Mencia, say no, no, he doesn't. Do. Anyway, who knows? I'm mm-hmm. not judging either way. But Joe Rogan, apparently, at some comedy club somewhere. Was the I don't know if he was there at the same time as Carlos Mencia, mm-hmm. but he called him out on stage during a comedy show. Oh man! Like he went on stage, was like, "Enough of this! You're stealing everybody's jokes, and you can see it on YouTube. The whole thing's on YouTube. What? And it's really uncomfortable, kind of, but oh, also kind of like, wow, this never happens. So part of me is like, if that's true, if he is stealing them, good for Joe Rogan for calling him out. I finally having the balls to do it. Yeah. And then I think Joe Rogan became kind of a hero, a cult hero in comedy. Because world of that. Because of that. But I really don't know if he already had his podcast when he did that or the podcast oh. was later or if that has anything to do with his popularity. Yeah. I really don't know. But I know he's an MMA something. Mm-hmm. And MMA has got a huge following of people. Yeah. For some reason, I don't get it. Like, I can't watch it. Like, it's so. No. hurts. Don't. Like, I'm, af- yeah. I'm afraid of those people. Like, I don't know. It's I know. It's just not for me. But some a lot of people like it and that's fine. And they really punch each other in the balls and stuff. Like Oh man. It's brutal. It's brutal. And like it makes me sad. Yeah. But some people just love it. I can't wait to see more of it. I don't know why. August thirteenth, nineteen sixty seven, the rock band Fleetwood Mac made its debut. Yes. Do you know where they had their debut? Where? Where? Mm-mm. What festival they played at? He was they at Woodstock? No. National Jazz and Blues Festival in Windsor, Berkshire. Because we haven't gotten to Woodstock yet. Do you know any of the original members of Fleetwood Mac? Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham. Nope. No? Nope. Neither? Peter Green, Mick Fleetwood, Jeremy Spencer, and bassist Bob Brenning. They were the original members. Oh. So, guess what? Guess who just taught you a lesson? Well, I guess I was wrong. I don't know that much. I'm not a big Fleetwood Mac super fan or anything. So that big tattoo on your back of Fleetwood? That doesn't Mac, mean anything. You just got it for the hell of yeah, it? Yeah, I did. Just, you were listening to one song? Yeah. Go ahead and tattoo that on my back. Now, here's the best one. That same day that Fleetwood Mac was making their debut at the National Jazz and Blues Festival, mm-hmm. two women were killed by bears in separate attacks on the same night. What? While camping at the Glacier National Park in Montana. The, the same park? The same park, but two incidents. The unusual incidents, the first bear attacks in the history of the park, would call national attention to both the dangers of leaving garbage out in the open mm-hmm. and the problems associated with the decreasing size of wild habitats and the increasing number of people encroaching upon them. At 1245, summertime park employees Julie Helgeson and Roy Ducat were in sleeping bags when they were mauled by a bear that had apparently been attracted by leftover sandwiches. 
Bears love sandwiches. Oh, man. That would scare me. Hagelson was dragged away and died hours later. Oh, Jesus. 20 miles away, Michelle Coons, a 19-year-old camper from San Diego, was camping with four fellow employees at the park and was unable to get out of her sleeping bag before a different bear dragged her away and killed her. Why? The tragedy would later become the basis for a best-selling book, Night of the Grizzlies by oh, Jack Olson. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I think it sounds good. That That'd be book? exciting. Yeah, that book. I don't know. And stay tuned for our spinoff podcast where we just read Night of the Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah. It'd be awesome. Let's do it. It might be good. You never know. Uh, and then the next, on August um, 14th, 1967, mm-hmm. the movie Bonnie and Clyde came out. We already had Brandon Wilhelm talk about it on our 100th episode, I think. Yep. It was a good one. Uh, it was nominated for Best Picture. Board waitress Bonnie Parker falls in love with an ex-con named Clyde Barrow. And together they start a violent crime spree through the country, stealing cars and robbing banks. No, you've, you've seen that, right? I have not. No? You should watch that one. That's a good movie. I'll put it on my list. No, it's a based on a true story, right? Yeah. Starring? Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty. And Michael J. Pollard? Yes. You know who that is? No. Uh, did you know that Warner Brothers had so little faith in the film that in an unprecedented move, they offered first-time producer Warren Beatty 40% of the gross instead of a minimal fee? Oh, wow. The movie went on to gross over $50 million. Whoa, so he's set. What's 40% of that? Of what? $50 million? Yeah. Well, 10% would be $5 million, right? So it would be $10 million. No, that would be 20%. Forty, I don't know. Twenty. I'm ten percent is five. And this time, anyway, why are we doing it? Why? But this allowed Warren Beatty to make Dick Tracy. Yeah. Or was that Ned Beatty? No, that was Warren. Which one's the fat one? Ned Beatty. Oh, Ned. I like fat guys better. This was the film debut of Gene Wilder. Maybe we talked about this already. I don't think. Because I remember saying the film debut of Gene Wilder. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. The real Blanche Barrow sued Warner Brothers over the way she was depicted in the film. In reality, Barrow was the same age as Bonnie Parker, arguably better looking than her. Huh. Uh, but she was not a preacher's daughter and had married Buck, knowing fully well that he was an escaped prisoner and twice divorced. Huh. That's funny. In planning her performance, Faye Dunaway wanted to wear slacks as Bonnie Parker, since the character would need to run, need to move freely to race in and out of getaway cars. Mm-hmm. In contrast, costume designer Theodora Van Runkle, mm-hmm. Theodora Van Runkle, <laughs> suggested a more glamorous look with long skirts, a beret, and a short jacket. The Bonnie and Clyde look became a fashion rage, and for many years afterwards, Dunway would insist on having Van Runkle design her costumes. Mm. I'm sorry, I need Van Runkle in here. Wasn't Faye Dunway drunk all the time? Uh, she's supposed to be a big bitch. Oh, like big bitch. Big bitch. Queen bitch. And then uh, August 14th, 1967 was a Monday. Nine Brazilian Navy sailors and two officers on the battle cruiser Barroso mm-hmm. were scalded to death by superheated steam when a pipe to the ship's turbines ruptured during maintenance. Really? That would hurt. Ouch. Wow. That youch is right. That would Whoa. suck. That stings. Yeah. That's what I would say if that happened to me. Boy, that stings. Yeah. 
then uh, August 16th, 1967, Pamela Smart. You know who that is? American murderer. Pamela Smart. Pamela Ann Wohas in Coral Gables, Florida. No. She was a murderer was born. I don't know who that is. Pam oh. Smart. You have to look that one up. Oh, yeah, I know. It's from Did my... Did talk about that one? Did you do that one already? It's, um, it's from... Do you remember that Nicole Kidman movie? And it was called like I, I Love You to Death. Eyes or, Wide Shut. No, she was a reporter in it, and it, it was called something like I Love You to Death, or and she seduces. Eyes wide shut. She seduces a student. Moulin Rouge. Stop it. I don't know. She, I think about. that's who it is. She 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 was married, and she seduced a student to to shoot her husband. Oh. And because she was having an affair with a student, and oh, and the student did wait it. A minute. The student did and killed the husband, and then there was a movie about it. Yeah, and Nicole Kidman was the played Pam Smart. Okay, I think I'm getting confused with Elizabeth Smart. You are Elizabeth Smart was the abducted one. Yeah, she was one. abducted. And then Monday or Friday, sorry, Friday, mm-hmm. August 18, 1967. Boston Red Sox outfielder Tony Con- Conigliaro. Mm-hmm. Conigliaro. Conigliaro suffered a severe head injury after being struck in the left temple by a baseball thrown by pitcher Jack Hamilton of the visiting California Angels. Tony C., who had left the American League in home runs, who had led the American League in home runs in 1965, sustained a damp uh, sustained damage to his left eye and Ooh. would miss the rest of 1967 and all of 1968 seasons before making a comeback in 69 and hitting 20 home runs. His injury encouraged the use of the batting helmet with the addition of the ear flap, yeah. which would become mandatory in MLB by 1983. I wonder how many guys lost their hearing from that oh, before I they, they put that there. Lots, I bet. Or all kinds of stuff, like just brain damage. And, yeah. Because people would... That's the one thing about baseball I don't get. It's like it's kind of a relatively docile sport, but then every once in a while a pitcher gets all pissed off and he beats yeah. somebody on purpose. Yeah, and that can really do some damage. Yeah, it's just an accepted thing. I'm just going to whip this baseball at you. Yeah. You can't do anything about it. And they can hit hard. Yeah. You ever get hit in the nuts with a baseball? I don't have nuts, thank oh, you. Oh, that hurts. And then August 19th, 1967, the same day that the beat is All You Need Is Love, takes over the number one spot on the Billboard charts. Mm-hmm. NASA publishes the first extensive chart of the hidden side of the moon ever Ooh, to be to be compiled. The dark side of the moon. The dark side of the moon. Yep. So they most of the features were unlabeled, but the map did use two names that had been proposed by the Soviet Union for features identified when the USSR took the far side's first pictures mm-hmm. in 1959. Um, I'm not going to even try to no. pronounce. The Don't worry about that. Russian. Yeah. 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 August 21st, 1967 was a Monday. Mm-hmm. Two U.S. Navy A6A intruder jets were shot down over the People's Republic of China after straying into Chinese airspace oh. while attempting an, an attack on North Vietnam. A U.S. Defense Department spokesman said that the two planes were part of a group from the aircraft carrier USS Constellation mm-hmm. while on, bomb, on a bombing run of the Duc Noi Railroad Yard northeast of Hanoi and conceded that they had inadvertently crossed into Chinese territory. Radio Peking announced that it had captured one of the men alive, Lieutenant Robert J. Flynn, who would remain in a Chinese prison camp until March 15, 1973. 
Oh, wow. So this guy was in solitary confinement for like five years. In a Chinese prison camp. Yep. He was tortured. Ugh. Yep. Um, and so to me, that like, so I had to look up more about this guy. Yeah. It, like that fascinates me. I was yeah, like, I know. so did he commit suicide when he got yeah. back or what happened? But no, he return, returned to the service afterwards. Oh my God. For like five years of that. Um, uh, and he served until February 75, I think. That's uh, a brave human being. Yeah. Like, I can't. Oh, no, until the 80s, he was like a fleet combat training center guy. And, uh, like, super. He was a director soldier. of aviation warfare training. Uh, and then he what retired. Was his name? He retired in 1985, I guess, is what he did. Uh, his name was Robert J. Flynn. Um, he was awarded the Legion of Merit, Distinguished Flying Cross, a Bronze Star with a V and two Gold Stars, and the Prison of War Medal. And he died of a heart attack at the age of 76 on May 15, 2014, in Gulf Breeze, Florida. Oh, Yeah. I wonder if he lived by that guy from Gulf Breeze that had the UFOs. Remember him? Yeah, he might have known him. Who had ran outside in his underwear? He probably knew the guy. He probably maybe did. I mean, that Gulf was in the Breeze 80s, though. can't be that big. Yeah. Well, he didn't die till The Gulf Breeze incident. Oh, yeah, that's right. He didn't die till 2014, yeah, so that, that would work. Uh, and this next one is from the Nation.com article by John Werner. Mm-hmm. Thursday, August 24th, 1967. I'm oh, sorry, John Wiener. Uh, counter, countercultural icon Abby Hoffman yeah. led a group of anti-capitalists to the New York Stock Exchange where they dropped dollar bills from the balcony onto the floor as traders scrambled to retrieve the cash. Why did they do that? It was like a, like a protest. Yeah, it was like a protest, like a I'm making a, a point stunt. Oh, and later in the year, he led a group of fifty thousand people and tried to levitate the Pentagon <laughs> with their combined psychic power. Oh my God, Abby Hoffman was a trip. Yeah, but they like they broke into the stock exchange and everything, and they said everybody was. Uh, now this is is this before or after he he's one that invented LSD, right? Albert t- Hoffman. Abby Hoffman? It's the same as Albert Hoffman. That's his full name. Albert Hoffman was a Swiss scientist yeah. known for creating LSD. Yeah. That died and that was born in 1906. Abby Hoffman was born in 1936. Oh. And it was a hippie with the Youth International Party. No, not the same guy. All right, we'll cut but all I can, that out. I can see why you think. Yeah, we'll cut this all out. Or I'll keep it in just to no, don't show keep how it stupid in. you are. No. August 24, 1967, at a meeting at the UN's 18-nation Committee on Disarmament, the U.S. and the Soviet Union submitted two separate but identically worded draft treaties that would form the basis. I don't know why you're talking about that. Pretty boring. Yeah. Oh, August 26, 1967, Another guy, U.S. Air Force Major George E. Day, Mm -hmm. known as Bud, was shot down while flying a mission over North Vietnam. After being captured, he would escape from North Vietnam, be recaptured in South Vietnam by Viet Cong guerrillas, and remain a prisoner of war for five years and seven months, finally being released on March 14, 1973. On March 4, 1976, Mm -hmm. Day was promoted a colonel, he would be awarded the Medal of Honor. A citation would note that his personal bravery in the face of deadly enemy pressure was significant in saving the lives of fellow aviators who were still flying against the enemy. And I think he's the guy, I think, was 
in there the same time as John McCain. Like he was in that prison. Oh, wow. I think. August 27th, 1967. 15 experienced skydivers were drowned after jumping from an airplane that was 10 miles away from its intended target. The group had taken off from Wakeman, Ohio in a B-25 airplane and had jumped without realizing that they were parachuting into Lake Erie Mm -hmm. rather than a field in Huron, Ohio. Okay. And they didn't want to go into the lake. Yeah, they were supposed to land in a field, but they drowned because they had all this equipment and parachutes and... Oh. A bunch of them drowned. And here in, here in Ohio. Have you ever heard of here in Ohio? Yes, I do know. Uh, the accident was considered one of the worst disasters in a sport that had become popular during the 50s. Uh, and according to the Erie County Reporter, mm-hmm. there was a 53-hour 50, intensive search for the 15 missing parachutists who inadvertently dropped over Lake Erie mm-hmm. and... Over 400 people came to try to aid them and help find them. Uh, Only two jumping at a low altitude hit the original target near Ortner Field. Two were fished from the lake alive and in good health. Two were found dead floating in the lake the same day as the jump. And 15 were missing and feared dead when the search stopped on Tuesday. Three men who were supposed to jump signed the manifest but did not get on the plane. Mm -hmm. The skydivers gathered from all parts of Ohio at Ortner's Airfield near Wakeman, for a chance to dive at an altitude of 20,000 feet that was considered an unusual event in diving circles. Uh, anyway, just hold. eyewitnesses said the skydivers came down in a straight row, one after another, hitting the water as if it was planned. Many thought a nearby boat was going to pick them up. The two survivors managed to cut away some of their gear before they hit the water. A passing private fishing boat headed in the opposite direction, circled around, and picked the men up before they were dragged under by remaining gear. So they didn't have parachutes? Yeah, they did, but they hit the wa- The parachutes were kind of oh. what helped drown them. Oh. By September 10th, all but one body was recovered. After an FAA investigation, no charges were filed. However, the accident resulted in changes in rules and regulations for sports diving. I guess it was kind of cloudy or something. They got mixed up. Uh, there was a lot of cloud cover they couldn't see I guess but anyway that's scary yeah I was supposed to skydive once and I backed out no way no way I did the training you did not I did when when I worked at the airport a bunch of us, we oh my we were known as the crazy mod. Like we're yeah, the, I know, I know all those stories. Crazy, crazy guys, and so we all decided let's all go skydiving. Oh my god! And we all did it. We signed up for the class. You had to pay a hundred bucks or something, and you take the training. And you have to to practice. You jump off a barn because mm-hmm. they said the landing is like jumping off the top of this barn under the ground. So it's a long jump, but oh. you know you jump and then you have to roll, like, yeah. so you don't break your legs. Yeah, but. That's when I started getting like, wait, there's a chance I'm going to break my legs? Right, like, yeah. If I don't do this right, and I'm not getting this. And they're like, no, you got to roll. You got a barrel roll. It's like, I'm not getting it. I good enough. I was like, good enough? Yeah. I don't want to break my legs. Like, yeah. tell me how to do this. I was getting nervous and scared. And we, uh, and they, they told me this story about this old woman. They said, you know, your first time jumping, at least at this place, 
you don't pull your own ripcord. It automatically pulls as soon as you jump out. Uh-huh. So you're all, you don't have that time of free fall. You okay. automatically parachute comes open. But so we've had a hundred year old woman. We had to throw her out and just and she was fine. So I was like, okay, you I can, throw I can her. Do it. Yeah. That's what they told me. Anyway, but that was just so you wouldn't be scared, I guess. But the day we took the class, we were finished and it was too windy. And they were like, uh, uh, we don't we have don't have clearance to, to go up. So well, you guys will have to come back and do it another time. You're Training is good for a year. You can come back anytime within so a year. So you finished the training. Yeah, I did the whole training, but then we couldn't go up that day, which I was like, thank God. I don't know if I'm oh. going to do this. So about, I think there was like a half of us that didn't go back. But the other half did on different times. I just never did. I just no was way. like, I think I'm going to die probably, knowing my luck. I, I just think it would be the scariest thing in the world. I don't know why. Why would you want to do that? I don't know. We went up in the plane just to like. I mean, some people love that feeling. I don't get it. That feeling of falling, oh. I will say I was a lot younger. I was like 22 or 18 or 19. I was probably 20. Yeah. No, I was probably That's crazy. 19. I'll get that exploding head syndrome where I, oh, I feel like I'm it. falling right and it jerks me awake. Oh, no, yeah. I was like 19. And you know, you feel like you're invincible at that age. Oh, my God. No way. I don't know. Crazy. Uh that same day, Brian Epstein, manager of the Beatles, 32 years old, died of an overdose of barbiturates. Oh, man. Did you know that? And then August 28, 1967, a new law took effect, effect in Texas, making it a criminal offense to hunt the Texas horned toad. Oh, okay. Actually a lizard or to trap it for commercial purposes. All right. I thought maybe you'd have something about that. No, I didn't have anything. I didn't know what I thought you knew. clue I why thought you'd bring you, that up. <laughs> I, know, I thought you knew something about that. I no. You. Uh, no, nothing. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back. Yeah, that sounds good. With August 29, 1967, you have a murder to tell us about. It might not be. How about that? might not be what? A murder. Oh, okay. Well, you have a story to come back and yes. tell us about. But we'll be right back. Listen to these... <laughs> All the wonderful podcasts that are coming out from History for Jerks, we've like really expanding started the expanding and produced. We have we get all this time. Now. We have tons and tons of podcasts coming out, and so listen to the list of podcasts that are joining History for Jerks. You'll be so excited about these. Uh, we'll be right back. Twenty twenty promises to bring you more podcasts by History for Jerks. Stay tuned for such podcasts as Let's Talk Maps. The Day I Punched Billy Corgan. Lettuce or Cabbage. Dancing with Kurt. Tall Person's Guide to Digging Holes. I've Got Laryngitis. Just the Tip. How to Quietly Hemorrhage. Criminal Fistings. Peppermint Fatty. What's on My Elbow. Lava Town. What the Fuck is Gee? The German Problem. Searching for Bobby Fisher's Niece. Yahtzee Poems. Stick It Where the Sun Don't Shine. Hansel and Hansel. Witch farting. And pie, fuck yeah. Coming to you at the end of 2020. All these great podcasts and more on the History for Jerks Network. All right. Thank you guys for listening to uh, the upcoming uh, History for Jerks podcast list. It's becoming a dynasty, all those podcasts. This is going to be great. You know, Let's Talk Maps probably really is a podcast. Well... It's going to be, I, I can't wait for How to Quietly Hemorrhage. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be like, here's How to Quietly Hemorrhage. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's all it's going to be. 
I love it. Those are great. All Can't right. wait for those. Uh, those are going to be great. Yeah. And so we left off in August, August 29th. Yes. It was a Tuesday of 1967. Yes, I'm going to talk about the Cusick Plateau incident. The Cusick Plateau incident. Incident. Yes. This happened on August 29th, 1967? Yes. The and same day that Neil Gorsuch was born? Yes. U.S. Supreme Court guy? I know. Also the same day that the final episode of The Fugitive aired on ABC? The final episode. The final I mean. episode. It was seen by an estimated 78 million viewers. The largest audience for a single TV series episode in U.S. television history do you think up if, to that time. Do you think if our um, electronic infrastructure crumbles... We'd be able to go back to aerial TV. Aerial TV, like with the antennas. antennas. Uh, I don't. I don't know that there are any antennas anymore. That's what I wonder. I wonder if we would be able to go back if we had to. I. I'll be honest. I don't understand the. Technology, yeah, I don't either. But we've we've moved past that, right? So all that's gone. So yeah. they have those, but they do. You can get those antennas that work, and there's like just regular TV. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like every channel's got four channels, like eleven point one, eleven point two, eleven point three. Sorta, not really. It's not cable, but you plug in one of those things that you get to your TV. It's oh, like really? HD. Everything's HD now. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't yep. understand. Okay. I never did understand. I'm not so that smart. This occurred in the French Highlands. I'm more of a looker. That's French true. Highlands? Yep. So this isn't an American not story. Not American story. Okay. But you get what you get and you shut the fuck up. Suddenly we're in French timelines, everybody. You get what you get and you shut the fuck up. I'm Jacques and this is Pierre. All right. So this is a summer, mo- one morning in the summer, 1967. Okay. Um, the National French Media... And UFO investigators were very interested in this. The story. national fake news French media. Um, the two witnesses were only children, but yeah. there was something that, and that's something many skeptics would point to as the reason to doubt what they were saying. Um, each one would, but each one would tell the same story again and again with no variation. Okay. Over the years that followed, they would leave many UFO researchers who spoke with them directly in no doubt whatsoever as to their authenticity. Okay. So the two children, along with their other siblings, were well-known and well-liked in the town where they lived. Further still, their father was the serving mayor of Cusick at the time of the sighting. Oh, the sighting. So convinced was he of the authenticity of the children's accounts that he immediately contacted the police, regardless of the adverse publicity it might generate. I've always wondered why when people see an alien, they call the police. Well, you got to do something. You know what? Like, what well, the police going to arrest an alien? Well, no, but if if it's you probably are half doubting what you're witnessing. So you want some Something official. Something is happening. So you need you need because the police can contact people higher up if it they really can. is an alien. I think that's I when the Men in Black come high. Yeah, uh, the Men in Black. Right. Are they a division of the police though? No, they're in the higher up in the government though. We should have someone to call if you see an alien. We should. That's Space true. Force. Probably call Muppet. He saw an UFO one time. Mm-hmm. He did? Yeah. Brandon Wilhelm did? Yeah. One of our guests? Yeah, I call him and tell you all about it. When did he see an alien? He saw a UFO. He did? Yeah. When? What year? When he was a kid. He did? Yes. 
Why didn't he tell me about it? Well, you, you must have never asked him. You must not be as good a friend with friend, him as I am. Friend of the show, American Timelines? Yeah. Brandon Wilhelm saw a UFO? Yeah, I call him. We'll call him as soon as this story is over. We're calling him. All right. So. Um, Sorry. Sorry, buddy. So several other, also sev- several other similar sightings occurred in France around the same time as this incident. Oh, can he get to the incident? All with similar details of strange figures dressed in black or dark clothing and strange glowing spheres in the skies overhead. Okay, so it was oh, about 8 a.m. Okay. Bright, sunny morning. On August 29th? August 29th. The same day that John Coltrane died. We talked about that, right? He died of liver cancer. Okay. The um, There was 13-year-old Francois and his 9-year-old sister, Anne-Marie. And then oh, wait, they had no, John Coltrane died on July 17th. Will you listen? Sorry. And then they had their family dog with them. Okay. Ma- Mador. Mador is the name of the dog? Yeah. That's a great name. Um, and they, they were herding 10 cows across the open land for the morning. Okay. It was a warm, clear day, but due to their elevation, a fog hugged the ground for a while. Okay. And the wind, when it blew, was very cold. So cold to pass wind. the time, they were, would play cards and talk and keep an eye on the family herd. Okay. At around 10.30 a.m., Francois noticed several of the cows attempting to cross a low wall that led into a neighbor's land. Oh, my, oh, me, mon frere. So Look at those cows. So you can't have them going over oh, into oh, the oh, neighbor's oh. land. Yeah. So he gets up, go over, and try to get the dog to help him get the puts cows down, back. He puts down the French fries and the French horn, and he goes to do this. So as he was doing this, though, yeah. he noticed four small figures over in this adjacent field to where he was. Okay. He believed they were children, is what he thought at first. What are those four children doing over here? <laughs> but his sight was obscured by a hedge at the edge of the field, so he had didn't have a clear view. Okay. He climbed onto some large stones in order to see over the hedge and got a better look. When okay. he did, though, he became even more puzzled as to who these mystery children were. They all had strange black clothing, which had a silken look to it. Silk black. And very unnerving, he couldn't make out any type of facial features at all. Really? He would estimate they stood at about three feet tall, although two of them were distinctly smaller than that. Wow. He would describe their heads as normal size, although their limbs were longer than normal. So that just sounds like a nightmare to me. Yeah, long-limbed children. Yeah. Children are creepy. And as he continued to watch the group, he noticed them picking up samples of something from the ground. Huh. So now he's certain Samples. that these strange creatures were not children. And Marie, possibly because she was younger, still thought they were children, though. Yeah. So she suddenly calls out, do you want to play with us? Uh-oh. And as soon as the, she says it, the four creatures look up and they see them uh, looking oh, at them. Oh, they have ears. And they dive behind the nearest hedge to to hide. Uh-oh. So That's not... That's not children. The kids noticed next to the group, there was this brilliant sphere. A brilliant sphere? Yeah, so so they said a shining brilliant sphere, okay. and they could see that after when they kind of looked around the hedge. The brightness of it was such that neither Francois nor Anne-Marie could look at it directly for very long. That's how bright it was. Oh, ha, ha, ha. So then one of the strange figures jumps into the air, and it and it it like it almost like it had an invisible rocket booster on its back. What? Like Iron Man? Yes. Or and it hovers, Boba Fett? And it hovers over that glowing sphere. Yeah. And then went headfirst into it and disappeared. 
Whoa. So it was just like Iron Man. And and then another wow. figure does that. And then a third so figure does that. So it's hovering above it and then into it? Yes. Wow. And three of them go in like that. Oh, that's magic. Then the last figure. This is in the 60s. Yeah. The last figure, the sphere's now starting to rise from the ground. And there's one more guy. Yeah. And so. Thing. Yep. And so. Uh, oh, my God. What's happening? What's going to happen? The spheres are the rise. Um, the last figure is appearing to concentrate on the ground as if picking something up. Yeah. And Francois notices it seems like it's a mirror-like device that he had seen it holding earlier. Oh. With the shining object in its hand, the fourth figure caught up to the sphere, which now moved in a spiral motion, and dove into it like the other three did. Yeah. As the glowing globe continued to rise, it was now about 50 feet from the ground, there was this whistling noise that came out of it. At the same time, yeah. a strong smell of sulfur hit both oh, their nostrils, boy. which we know that's happened before. We know other people have smelled sulfur. Mador barked anxiously, and the herd was increasingly unsettled. So the two children didn't know whether they were going to round up the cattle, who were yeah, all agitated. Yeah, because cows are going nuts. And watching the sphere, glowing sphere, and going away in the sky. Mm-hmm. In about 30 seconds, the thing is gone. Boom, And so gone. they quickly round up the cattle and returned to the family farm. Their father, who I said remembers the mayor of Clusac, yeah, the mayor, he immediately the mayor. saw the how agitated the dog was and the herd and how the kids were all looked yeah. great, like white, and they would tell him the devils who floated away in the goal in the glowing sphere. Devils, so in uh, response, he would call the police. Yeah, who he incidentally knew, and they were buddies, and they didn't believe him. They would come at about four p.m. several hours after the encounter, which okay. was early in the morning. Um, they would, with the children and their father, go to the scene of the sighting, and they could still smell the strong smell of sulfur. Yeah. There was also a yellowed patch of grass near the hedge where the children claimed to have seen the group, and it measured about 15 feet across. Wow. So the police would record the incident with their supervisors, and it would ultimately appear in the local and then national French newspaper. But it is still unexplained however really 60s don't lie several ufo investigators would examine the incident over the following decade move on yep and while there's very little doubt about the authenticity of the two witnesses doubt remains to some as to whether the incident is a genuine extraterrestrial close encounter and um, i believe it but the children have never ever varied in their telling of the story yeah and when um there's two UFO investigators, Joel Mesnard and Claude pa- Pavey. Claude Pavey, y'all. Visited the children several weeks later. They yeah. interviewed them separately, and they still got the same story. Really? And they purposely asked the same question in different ways to test the genuineness of their account. Yeah. And each one told the same version and didn't contradict themselves or the other one. I believe this. Um while their age, as well as them being the only witnesses, leads some to cast doubt on the details of the incident, one corroborating witness surfaced during the initial investigation into the case. Um, a rural policeman, a which rural. I think you put that word in my stuff. I did. On purpose when I'm not looking. Rural. Who, although not at the scene, would state to hearing a strange whistling sound near the area of the sighting at roughly the same time the children said it happened. Wow. Um, and France. Yeah. That's true. France has a long history of UFO sightings. It does? And a lot of them did take place in 1967. Really? The same year? Yes. So whether or not there's a connection to the incident in Cusack, 1967 saw several interesting UFO encounters. In August, in Roanne, around 11 p.m., a witness would report a dark humanoid figure outside their property. 
Really? As they continued to watch, this figure approached a dark disc which hovered at the edge of nearby woodland. On the previous month, July 17th... Oh, that's the same day that John Coltrane died yes. of liver cancer. In Arsou-Sisson, several Arsou-Sisson. children would witness strange creatures with protruding stomachs and dressed in black suits. French I think kiss. that's my great-grandma. Oh, she had a protruding <laughs> stomach and a black suit? They would further state that they moved very fast without touching the ground. When the strange figures disappeared, the children would discover a circle of burnt grass where they were standing. Wow. Even, <laughs> even more intriguing, an agricultural worker had witnessed those strange creatures on two consecutive days, the 14th and 15th of July, leading to the children's sightings. Really? I don't think... You think it's a coincidence the same day that John Coltrane dies that there's aliens? I don't think so. Although the exact date is unknown, other than it happened in 1967 in Saint-Marnay, I, my French is terrible, a farmer witnessed a saucer-shaped craft hovering silently over his land. According to his report, the top of the craft featured a transparent dome. Through this, he could see several small figures dressed in dark blue clothing. That's babies. And then, and then January 6, 1967. Oh, the same day that... At Phu Lok in South Vietnam, Vaughn Nickel, a sniper with the 2nd Battalion of the 5th Marines, registered the longest-range confirmed kill in American military history when he killed a Viet Cong sniper at a distance of 1,202 yards. Jeez, that's violent. Yeah. Um, a, a distance of slightly more than one mile away from the target. Yeah. Shot guy, a guy a mile away. We talked about that. That's before, crazy. But. So, yes. Um this was around 11 p.m. Yeah. Six luminous spheres were witnessed flying over the town of... Ugh. Come on, you can do it. Aveyron. 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 I don't know. Even stranger, a luminous shaft of light emerged she said shaft. from the underside of one of the strange crafts reaching the ground. Underside. According shaft. to witness, witnesses within this bizarre column of light was a humanoid figure. Ooh, I believe it. And those are the that is the encounter at Cusack and the French craziness of 1967 UFO bananas. Well, you know, here's why I believe it. A couple things: the French don't lie. They don't name a French person who's name a Frenchman who lies. Can't you can't? I can't name a Frenchman. So there's that. You can't. No. What about uh, Pepe Le Pew? He never Pepe lies. Le Pew. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the other thing. Sydney Poitier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the French, but we know. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Luc Picard. Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> Jacques Cousteau. Yeah, there you go. Uh, oh, Gerard Depardieu. Gerard, <laughs> Gerard Depardieu. He's never... Yves Saint-Montan. I don't know who that is. He's a designer, I think. Anyway, here's my other question. Yves Saint-Laurent. If That's all these UFOs are, you know, they're all like in a saucer, right? Mm-hmm. Why haven't we tried to, why isn't there somebody trying to build saucer vehicles just to figure them out? All maybe, these saucers work. Why don't we build one? Maybe the aliens will come now that there's this, like, that we're like fucking ourselves over Don't so you bad. think the aliens have planted this virus? Or was it just the guy who fucked a bat? Is that what it is? The guy fucked I, a no, bat? No, he ate a bat. Ate it. Shoved it up his ass? Nobody sh- Nobody did that. We'd be better off, quite frankly, if that's if what everybody that person sh- had done. If everybody shoved a bat up their ass. Yes. Okay, so 
Yeah, I think, you know, conspiracy theories are that, number one, aliens put this virus out. Number two, there's the one about, oh, it happened to start off where the Chinese are, are experimenting with... Or Hong Kong with, r- uh, protests. With uh, war chemical warfare. Oh. You know, people are saying that. Uh, people are saying that it's just the government lying to keep us all in our houses. Mm-hmm. Which is the stupidest one. Yeah. Why would the government do that? It makes Trump look awful. Yeah. Well... If they cancel the election, then he's president for life. They, I think he would just default to the next person or something. Actually, they do say it does go to the Speaker of the House, so they wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I believe in aliens, and I think that is... Oh, you know, there's only one day left in August. So I might as well finish we'll all it, have right? to We'll have to vote from our houses. I, they're not going to allow... The Republicans won't allow that. Mitch McConnell won't allow it. Mitch McConnell is in charge. God, he's got to go. August 30th, 1967 was a Wednesday. It's the last thing I have for August. By a vote of 69, <laughs> at 69 All right. to 11, in the U.S. Senate, Thurgood Marshall was confirmed as the first African-American justice of the United States Supreme Court. Awesome. Ten of the 11 votes against him came from the southern states, joined by Senator Robert Byrd of West Virginia, on the other hand, six U.S. senators from the Deep South, James Fulbright of Arkansas, William Spong of Virginia, and both from Tennessee, Howard Baker and Albert Gore, and from Texas, John Tower and Ralph Yarborough voted in his favor. Hmm. Marshall's confirmation had taken 78 days to be completed, nearly three times as long as any other appointee by President Johnson to the high court. Marshall would be sworn into office on September 1st, and would take his seat on the bench on October 2nd. Awesome. Yeah. It's about damn time. Yeah, no kidding. Although that was 67, so yeah. that's actually it's pretty I mean, surprising. No no thinking about what was going on in the south, in the yeah. American South at the time. It is surprising. Yeah. With all the Jim Crow. Yeah. All I don't. Right. I'm not a fan of racism. I'm trying to. I was trying to watch the roots, and I got to a point. Where I can't watch it. You can't watch it anymore. It's horrible. Yeah, it is. No, it's a great show, but it's it's awful it's what we what, what happened. White people did. Yeah. And I'm not the person who needs to see it. I already mm-hmm. don't like slavery and racism. We, but it needs to be mandatory. I think for children to watch, like kids at like high school or something, need to watch, watch it to it. realize. Like, is it as what? hard as Schindler's List to see? I've never saw Schindler's List. I don't think I can <gasps> do that either. I don't think I can do it. It's such a good movie, though. I hate murders. It's not. It's not as you won't be sobbing like we did when we saw Life is Beautiful. Life is Beautiful. I sobbed. It, it, you don't sob, but you're just you just sit there and you can't move. Like, yeah. you're just so affected by it. Speaking of Nazis and Hitler and Jews and all that, uh, I read something about that it'll keep us, give us all hope. Anne Frank, she was hiding in that attic from people for seven years. Yeah. So we're and all... She couldn't, she couldn't talk. Talk or anything. Yeah. Without speaking or anything. And she was fine. Yeah. I don't know if she was fine. But no, she wasn't. She, that was rough, but... She got killed. She did that. So we can't complain about she ended a couple up months. Killed, though. I know, but we're complaining about a couple months of being quarantined yeah. in our homes with Netflix and yeah, Hulu and all the internet and all the porn hubs you want. Mm-hmm. And look what Anne Frank had to do. So man up or woman up. Sorry. Yeah, because the longer people oh, ignore it, America. the longer we're going to have to do it. 
and people keep ignoring it. Yeah. People are still acting like it's not a thing and partying up. Yes. It is bad. Yeah, so you people on Facebook stop being like, oh, we can't stop us from getting together. It's not, nobody's trying to stop you or trying to save the sick people. And all of us from getting it. Because you mm-hmm. don't know who's going to get sick. That's right. So American Timelines would like to go on the record as saying, stay home. Hashtag stay home. Don't go anywhere. If I have to stay in the house with my kids. Yes. And my husband. And my wife. who's <laughs> They're all being jerks. The only one I can stand being around anymore is Stella, <laughs> who can't hear me. She's my dog. I'm yelling her name right now. And she's, <laughs> she's just not. sleeping. Anyway, thanks for listening. Brian McCartney is in the 100 Club. He's listening to 100 of our episodes, and I'm, we're sending him a mug. Brian McCartney's birthday is coming up, so this will probably come out just before Brian's birthday. Oh, so happy birthday. Happy 50th birthday, Brian McCartney. Everybody knows that Brian McCartney's 50 now. Oh, my gosh. And I recently Photoshopped him into a, an owl because I wanted <laughs> to see him as an owl. <laughs> anyway, Brian McCartney, I love you. Seriously, right. Brian. Love you, Thank too. you for listening. Amy also loves you. We love you. We yes. want to get on you, on your body. All right. Now we're we want to fill your body with mashed potatoes. Make sure you uh, subscribe and leave a good review if you yes. can. Yes, and Matt Truman Ego Trip, follow him on the Facebooks because he's playing music and he's got albums out you can listen to mm-hmm. and subscribe to and buy on Bandcamp because, again, that guy is awesome. He's yes. better than Mick Jagger mixed with Prince. We want you inside. Get out of here, Chuck Berry. Get out of here, Chuck Berry. When you were all alone, no watchtower, a kiss in the sky. Well, I was barely a glimmer in my young daddy's eyes. Said the wind so tired of hearing about the six days. One more time, I said, we're so tired of hearing about the six days. Well, make me shut my mouth now. I'm American Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. American Timelines. Oh my God, that stinks. Damn. Does not. Does. Oh.